This is VC Projects Podcast, presenting Carnage. Carnage is an origin point of a variety of media instigations. In the past, these have taken the form and appearance of visual art, poetry, and sound, music, in galleries and performance spaces in the U.S., Mexico City, Berlin, Madrid, Barcelona, and Vigo, Spain. Carnage is a dwelling, a something and somewhere, resisting authorship through faith and personal and collective codes. It prioritizes a communion between different modes through chance encounters where the experience of rupture can emerge. For the purposes of Gestura series, Carnage is the third Thursday of every month at Elmina. Today, we're in Hollywood. I'm in Hollywood. Stevie's in Highland Park. Carnage is in... Angelino Heights. Yeah, so welcome. Um, we have Stevie Kinchelow and Carnage here. And, and this is part two. And we're kind of... We had Gesture 1 on February 16th um, on Thursday in the evening. And then we had another performance on Saturday, February 18th. So let's, let's dive in. What, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, first off, I'd say, I, I do think of the 18th as, is as, uh, as 1.2. Okay. You know? um, and yes, uh, Stevie and I were both uh, behind the, the controls in a way, but um, I think that we tried very hard, and I know Stevie did, to not make it a performance and make it more um, sort of an event that you could walk in and out of. I don't think many people did that. I think a lot of the people who walked in kind of stayed in, um, which is great as well. But I think it had that that uh, unassuming air. I hope it did at least. But, you know, I I am aware of when you see the equipment and everything set up and all the cables coming in, it's not unassuming as much as I'd like it to be. So, um, so yeah, back to 1.2. I think um, in in many ways it surprised me it was successful. And in, um, and I'm very um, hopeful and, uh, and have a lot of faith in, in the things that failed. Um, because they just point, they're pointing out to newer, fresher uh, methods and things to explore. So that uh, that I'm going to translate as also being a success. Um, the, the the response was great. The uh, conversations, um, the dialogues after were great. The Q and A was also mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, substantive than a lot of q a's that i've experienced and um so all in all it uh the, the reaction was great the the and, and the overall event i think um hit upon a lot of the things i wanted it to hit upon 
and then hit upon a, a few things that I didn't expect and then um, missed on some of the ones that uh, that we can do later or that or like brought new questions about how to do things or why to do things and why I wanted to and what my expectations were. Um, I guess that sounds a bit um, non-specific, but I'll get, uh, I can, I can um, get a little deeper than that. What did you think, uh, Stevie? You were really at the, at the front, you were taking most of the, um, most of the friendly fire. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, both performances, if we're calling them Gestura 1 and Gestura 1.2, Gestura <laughs> um, 1, they, they were entirely different experiences for me. Um, maybe you could describe, the, maybe you both could describe one <clears throat> for, the, for the listener. Even Alec, like the room, even no, I, I think that candle. I think really, yeah, the, the, really the difference on my side mm -hmm. was um, in content, in form, mm -hmm. in format, in um, everything else. It was pretty much the same as one, um, mm -hmm. which is I, I found very uh, satisfying mm -hmm. um, that I didn't have to that I didn't have to put a heavy hand of like okay, let's let's um. It's really uh, you know flip the form here and stuff. It was just like this is um this is a good scaffold, and mm. um and I can hang and and, and construct something around it uh, just by changing. It was easiest to change, which is just the content. I think really um, from looking from the out from my position out, most of the substantive difference was really on your side. Mm. You know on mm -hmm. on. Uh, on how you um, attacked the uh, the situation, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think for gesture one, it took place in the evening, um, and you know the viewers came in to candlelight in a dark room with just a rug in the middle of the room, and. Um, Alex's station was draped in um, some muslin or um, linen, uh, cream-colored cloth, and so it was all very, um, a very clean and minimalistic aesthetic. And uh, you know, kind and of intentionally, in yeah. And Alex <laughs> was dressed in white, and I was dressed in all black, and like it was very intentionally done that that way to um draw attention you know to just body movement and away from mm -hmm. alec and i as individuals so it would be more just about the sound and the movement and um and i think what alec and i discussed beforehand is really setting kind of a meditative or in a tone of intimacy uh i mean to me the darkness and the candlelight kind of creates that atmosphere and for me to begin that way and the approach um the way that i approach the experience um the energy of that experience and the sound during gesture one um was very much entering kind of a 
for me a spiritual a spiritual world and that meditative um uh environment kind of facilitated the connection and i i guess if i had an expectation at all it would be that to bring everyone into that same space um so that everyone could be connected to that same world in some way and uh there the first night there um were two different movements and we had a little short break in between in the first movement i was on the on the floor and it was very much a, about um breath and establishing that connection for me and providing a time and space for people to kind of walk through a portal maybe into that world and into something else and the first step of entering that portal i guess would be entering el nido itself entering the room in that environment and then um uh kind of coming coming with alec and i as you know as we went through the first movement uh and then the second movement uh i'm i'm standing up and um you know and again lit lit by the candles and for me it's very much about exploring that spiritual realm now that we've established the connection and being and existing in that world and then the sound that's created through my movement um is kind of if it's a cause and effect i move and the sound is the effect um instead of my following the sound the sound just came with me and followed me and kind of became one thing as i moved the sound was created and existed and uh so that's kind of for gesture one the first mm-hmm. the, uh, maybe a choice the first choice that i made was it was i could either follow and reach for sound or allow the sound to just be with me and that's kind of the other choice that i made um for that so my experience of that was very a very something very deep and spiritual uh in kind of multidimensional, I would say. That was yeah. very long. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's perfect. perfect. I, yeah. I know that even somebody called Alec Santos <laughs> 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 because the the environment, you know, it, it was um, you know, I was outside with the crowd and you both were inside. Um and the crowd outside was, you know, um, just experiencing the elements and laughing and, you know, drinking and smoking and, you know, mm. uh, affectionate and everything and everything like that. And so the space is small in El Nido. And so I, I told everybody, we put the rug on the ground and told everybody just like snuggle up and get close and be warm and you know cuddle each other or do whatever you need to do <laughs> and uh just you know be in it and and it was so interesting to watch the audience because mm. they you know they 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 left the courtyard and their free spirit and then they joined the sort of 
other world that you presented mm-hmm. and then by the end and they were mm-hmm. all just transfixed on the 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 experience of whatever happened what came forth with the sound and the movement and and just mm-hmm. um the the elements in the room of whatever that that world was of spirit whatever you you both conjured up and mm-hmm. and then by the end they were completely different people they were mm. like, like Alex said, the Q and A. I was just like, oh my gosh, they were mm. so tuned in, and mm-hmm. their questions, and and everything was just like so inspiring. They wanted mm. to know so much, and mm-hmm. one one person was, you know, writing feverishly the whole time um they they were they were just really in tune to 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 some some element within the space Mm. and um for me it was very profound experience something that i'll never forget um Mm. for sure great but yeah i um something you know i thought of something and like one of the only um uh, things purposeful things that I that I tried not to do with it was I didn't um, I didn't want it to be an ambient quote quote unquote piece like I didn't want it to be because um, ambient has kind of a functionality to it which is great which is the idea behind it which is you know um, which is what makes it kind of revolutionary in a way was that uh, it's it's back it's something to put in the background and something you can do other things to um and then pay attention to it when you want it to and those are all great i didn't it's not that i wanted everybody's undivided attention mm-hmm. but i did um i did kind of uh, expect and wanted it to make it uh something that would cause some sort of a rupture in a way and mm-hmm. from what you're describing of some that happened to some of the people there or um or most of the people there and by rupture i mean that it would um that you would come in with some sort of expectation and see the gear see the the white and to see her in black and see and then not that something completely unexpected and out of nowhere and left field would happen but that um that that uh, the time would pass within that environment and sound sound environment and um you'd you'd feel a sort of change um so instead of it being an empty piece where you could kind of consciously decide to be within or without um that kind of border was mm-hmm. kind of erased in a way um and i say this with like all the respect and love for for ambient and the idea behind it and, and um and the work behind it um but this was um this, you know to me the part is that now the challenge is more to how to erase the performance part of my side um more and more you know um how do you and, do uh, how do you like for me mm-hmm. again as a bystander i mean the sheer essence of stevie starting on the ground starting um with her breath, I think, and 
some silence and then as she moved the sound came out and and the sound is not atmospheric mm-hmm. by all means mm-hmm. i mean i i would i would describe it not as a birth and not as an exorcism but something between the two mm. and i don't even remember the second movement i don't even remember it because mm. i was so in it that i don't i don't know what happened right right mm-hmm. yeah it's um that's great that's uh it wasn't you know it was <sighs> when you choose kind of the sounds in a sort of a uh you know indeterminate way you're going to have things that are somewhat soothing atmospheric and others that are pretty harsh um just because i'm going through a, a treasure trove of uh of personal recordings in a variety of fidelities and um and uh, environments that are sometimes noisy and percussively noisy and clanking and i didn't want to kind of clean anything that out before I put it in the system. Um, because it's, you don't know when to stop when you start doing that. Um, you want to, once you clean one thing out, then you say, Oh, well, I might as well do this with this. And then it becomes something completely different, you know, then it's actually a performance mm-hmm. in a way. Um, mm-hmm. But I do feel like on the, on the second movement, um, which I kind of had made a conscious decision to like include a motif um i was surprised that i it worked and i wasn't disappointed by the the results because when we were doing the kind of the rehearsals i felt like okay i might include the same but i felt that was kind of it was a bit of a, a fail safe where i was trying trying to put a net underneath <laughs> the the trapeze the trapeze artist kind of way you know or the um Mm-hmm. And, and if anything happened i had some sort of musical element to include it but then i started then my thought shifted while i was actually um you know putting these elements in where i i, I said okay now i know where i want to this i think that part kind of failed for me but it gave me a whole it opened up a whole new thing for me which is like oh who am I, first of all, to say what's musical or not? And once I like, once I make this kind of distinction of like, these are musical sounds and these are field recorder sounds and this is vocal sounds, then automatically they're separate in my mind and anybody else's and you have to put them in a hierarchy in a way. Like, well, you know, vocal sounds are more like poetry, which is not music. And musical sounds are basically you're doing a, a gig or, or um, you know, mm. if I them all under musical sounds in a way or under just sounds and um which is what basically happened which is why i told you before when before uh, 1.2 before saturday that it's going to be more tonal the next one mm-hmm. is because i that kind of tension had dissolved in me and that only happens in practice once you're doing mm-hmm. things because in theory you're like well, I'm going to do this and this, and this. the reason I'm doing this is because of this, and the reason I'm choosing this is because of this. And then you're in it, and you're like, hmm, something's not working. Let me throw this in it and see what. And then all of a sudden, it might work or it might not, but it'll give you an it'll give you an idea to build on. Um, and that idea was to make it a lot more uh, tonal, in a way, um, for 1.2, which, mm-hmm. which. Um, 
kind of you know dissolved the line between all of those things that I was talking about before, it being a musical performance, it being an installation, it being a, a poetry, a experimental poet, you know, all these things now, you know, trying to, to have to pin it down is kind of um, beyond the point, beside the point, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's what it was exciting to be about the second movement, you know? Um, it's, it, it kind of opened the whole thing for me to what to do one, one day, on Saturday. And uh, I think it made, because we were kind of going in a, in a, in, um, in crescendo in a way with your movements and with the sounds and the, and the loudness and the, and the, uh, mm. the, um, you know, sheets of <laughs> the blocks of, of voices mm. um, that it was a little more, more intense. You know, and I'm glad we did it like that. I'm glad we started very, very, very um, just breathing, just a breath, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I thought that made a, a direct line to the Charles Olson thing and, you know, projective verse kind of mm -hmm. thinking, you know, mm -hmm. which which I've always thought just functions for a lot more than just poetry. You know, that sort of thinking of like the pre-gestural, the pre-aesthetic like um well not the pre-gestural but the pre-aesthetic gesture you know yeah and it reminds me too i mean who is to say when the poetry begins and ends mm. you know it could all begin with the breath and i think that's kind of what was um maybe uncovered it's like when when does a sound begin and end is my does my movement begin the sound and and is my movement or my gesture affected by the sound or is the sound affected by, and it all kind of becomes one thing. Mm -hmm. And then in and of itself becomes, to, in my opinion, the ultimate version of poetry that's not contrived, but it's just lived and experienced. And sometimes it's with words or without, and everyone's kind of brought along on that journey. And I think that that, would go for, you know, gesture one and gesture one point two, mm -hmm. but in different ways. You know, right. I think one point two, which we haven't touched on as much, but we will. Yeah. Um, you know, there are many, uh, many other. There are more intentional things or objects that day, mm -hmm. uh, but I think the same. Uh, there's nothing. Nothing anyone could really pin down about. Um, about when the poetry begins and ends or the sound begins and ends. And I think that's ended up being some of the excitement and a big topic of conversation as I chatted with people afterwards, you know, right. um, uh, the curiosity, you know, or the kind of wonder that was in people experienced during both performances, I think. Uh, right. I yeah, think, I, like, I mean, just to go in and, uh, and kind of describe what happened in one point two, so people have a context. Um, mm. You, while we were doing the rehearsals for for just zero one, you um, mentioned about maybe um, doing something with a chair and using an inanimate mm. object, um, which I thought, which is, I think it was was you coming to um, wanting kind of to direct or or 
to have a focus for your movements in a way mm -hmm. since you already had a this is my interpretation you know um something that um that, that you could project your movements towards and and use uh while you were getting where you're kind of getting more comfortable with the sensors mm -hmm. um that was like my read of it and i thought that's very interesting it's great and visually it um I had kind of an inkling of what would happen, but what really surprised me and what really I thought was exciting was like the actual poetry of just of 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 just your, of the second one of one point two was happening in what your movements were doing and this sort of implied narrative that I've thought people trying to figure out of why you were um, interacting with these three elements. So I'll just for the people listening that you were interacting with a, a chair um with a with a wig and with a fan um and there's three uh different pieces that we did one with each one and um and what uh i was kind of hoping would happen in one i think happened more successfully in 1.2 which was everybody started um projecting their their narrative to okay this is what this is about and this is um why these three elements are here or there's a connection between these three and and her movements and there's a you know this is exactly what poetry is which is you um you're naturally as human beings we're always going to look for um, a chronicle a, a narrative in anything in color and two colors one beside the other it's like and anything we can this is like an animal thing in my opinion you know it's like a survival thing and i think that that happened more successfully with your movements in 1.2 because they weren't words and in the, the narrative was completely coming from the viewer you know the words had to mm -hmm. be put in by the viewer instead of kind of trapping these words that are coming out of like the ether and saying oh okay they're trying this is what this person's saying and juxtaposing with this and saying maybe mm -hmm. this is what they're trying to say um so once again i was really uh I, i'm i'm really um great thankful that i didn't put any sort of commentary or 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 purposefully did um mm -hmm. <laughs> because it kind of already came in and people were already um you know um connecting the dots mm -hmm. in a way as they always will do but i thought it was much more interesting in 1.2 with your movements and the choice of objects mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, was was pretty random. I mean, like you 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 came up with a chair, and then I thought about making a, pun, a stupid pun with it, like something that would uh, that would be kind of indeterminate as well. Like we're mm -hmm. just going to use these three things, and then you will um, you brilliantly came up with these routines. Um, if you don't mind me saying routines, but these mm. ways of <laughs> interacting with them you mm -hmm. know um and like your movements and everything i think everybody i, th I mean i saw a lot of of unintentional narrative building from my side so i'm sure mm. front there was a lot of it happening even more because mm. i think you, you you always feel more comfortable thinking they they have something to say they're, they're here to say something to say something and i just have to try and catch it i just have to try and mm. And decipher it you know mm -hmm. and um and 
I, I, I promise everybody we, we didn't have anything to say, but but um, but we said it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think um, there's something about, at least to me, mm-hmm. any time. What's different about you know, you know, just your one and one point two? A huge difference for me is is um, I'm specifically interacting was nothing more than existing within the spiritual realm or another dimension mm. um, during gesture one right. and allowing that to be witnessed and connect with, other, with the other people that were present in that space in that other dimension. And then 1.2, it was very much grounded by the, in this reality and dimension with these objects and uh, being present I guess spanning more than one dimension in that case, because I'm mm-hmm. my my entire being. What I'm doing there in that moment is is being with this chair, right? And being with this chair so much that this intimacy is is created with this chair. And I don't know how I'm going to be with this chair. I don't know what that's going to look like. And so I'm exploring being present in that moment with the chair. And then once to me, I feel like that's, um, that is that I've established that connection with the chair energetically. I felt drawn to connect with the people in that room, in that dimension, in that time and space connected with the chair. And I felt compelled to do that with each, with each object. So, uh, if one would would be bringing other people, if gesture one was bringing other people with me across the bridge into mm. that other dimension, I think gesture one point two would be bridging that dimension. St- me standing on the bridge rather than bringing people with me, and kind mm. of just, I guess, being being between the worlds, and uh, and again, I think each time. I know, Alec, you, 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 the choices, the sonic choices that you made between 1 and 1.2 were much different. And I think I, I never really look at it. Like for me, it was not, neither one was a success or a failure in any mm-hmm. way. It was just, uh, I think what you chose, I loved what you chose because it's, it seemed to, which was the idea bring to life this this experience and these movements and this interaction in a new way to create that depth and dimension and uh i think my phone's gonna die so i'm gonna plug it in really quick. um so yeah i just feel <clears throat> that I, I, 1.2 was some somehow unexpectedly spiritual. I guess I I did not know what to expect at all, and maybe I had more expectations for um one gesture of one than one right. than one point exactly. two. I didn't know Same what here. to think, what to expect, what to prepare for, other than just being present, you know, and and like you had mentioned earlier, Alec a lot of that 
is a, allowing yourself, allowing it all to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the biggest thing. You you don't uh, you're just putting yourself um, in these positions where you're seen and heard in in these different ways, and all of your, Alex's choices are present that day. His sonic choices, all of my my choices and sense of being are present that day and I think there's not there's nothing more vulnerable or I I guess risky is not a great word I think it's really about vulnerability Mm -hmm. um than putting yourself in that position where it's so open to anyone else's narrative which I think we we do naturally attach and you're allowing yourself to be written upon in a way yeah. And uh that's a beautiful and it can be for I'm a very energetically sensitive person and you can feel that happening. Right. And you just have to allow it, you know. Yeah. Um so at least for me that's that's going on during both performances and and maybe there's something about one point two being in the daylight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That I, I felt very exposed there's nothing you cannot hide and one was in the darkness gesture one and 1.2 is in in the daylight so everything is there and everything is given you know and when one is given in the dark and one is given in the light and yeah it's yeah (laughs) my thoughts (laughs) no it's great i touched on a lot of things what you're saying i mean i feel um you know, you have all these um, ceremonial objects, you know, that kind of have um, around them have been created a lot of uh, like pageantry and, 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 and pageantry might not be the word, but like this great ritualistic practice. And it's through objects, you know, objects that are like imbued with, um, with some sort of holiness or some sort of sacredness by um by just will really you know if you're not if you're a secular if you're not a religious person um but <clears throat> that's kind of how i feel and, and and the reason for is that if everybody can focus their attention on these objects that are being imbued by what's around them with this holiness and this as for the purpose of the ritual, um, then everybody's kind of in communion. And I think that that was kind of what happened with a chair and yeah. with, the, you know, you being exposed and you doing the movements, um, kind of, even if you didn't want to, would always um, shift your attention to what your movement was doing vis-a-vis yeah. the, the sound, you know. Yeah. Once you have the chair and everybody, or or the hairpiece or the fan, everybody was looking at you interacting with this uh, <laughs> object, and mm. um, and kind of like what sounds were emanating were on a second plane, which, mm. which doesn't mean they were less of importance, but we can't pay attention simultaneously to all these things. I think and. Mm you know um the object that you imbued with that holiness and that sacredness there by day and of your of, of your movements and your um 
and your attention, your focus on it, um, made it a lot more significant in a way. Mm. Mm. And um, it made me think of like, so maybe if we have always been thinking about religion and, and and as a chicken is more like a chicken and the egg question like maybe mm. the first was the thing uh, and then we made it into an object by uh by somebody making something that had absolutely no use you know some mm. aesthetic aesthetic thing uh something that had no use it wasn't a tool it wasn't an object yet and then um people were so in awe of it that they made it an object by by mm. you know, creating a religion around it you know um, mm-hmm. so I thought that um I thought that these days after as I said before we started recording um that I had a, that I purposely kind of took care of a lot of other um, a lot of responsibilities that I had before and, and kind of gave me gave myself a little time before I started mm-hmm. kind of um delving into um this what happened and what I saw mm-hmm. but that's that's one of the things that I, one of the the dialogues or the conversations with myself was like, hmm, you know, um, maybe we didn't, maybe we didn't have religion and all these things and then created objects in order to focus attention, mm-hmm. but the other way around, you know, mm-hmm. um, or maybe I want to think that because I think that art is that important. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I agree. I agree with you. I sometimes walk around like. And I guess this is maybe what what made me approach um, one point to the way that I did because I didn't mm-hmm. we didn't discuss how anything would be interacted with or anything like that at mm-hmm. all. It was just very, very much in the moment. Uh, the, the viewer was watching the exploration real time, you know. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of sometimes I'll go on on walks and. Uh, yeah, it can be if I'm experiencing anxiety that day, a lot of times I'll do this, uh, you know, I'll see a tree or I'll see mm-hmm. some object and just tell myself, just be with it, mm-hmm. you know, just be with the tree, just be with the stone, just be with like a sign, a road sign, just be mm-hmm. with that and stand there until you can be with it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of practice for me reveals and this is touching on what you're what you're talking about Alec I think it reveals to me you know okay it could be am I imbuing this with some sort of an spiritual significance somehow mm-hmm. or how I like to think of it there's something there's something that's inside of everything right some some spark and some essence some some form of life that's the same thing that's in me and i'm going to stand and before this or sit until i know i know this inside of myself mm. you know mm. and then that itself becomes you know i'm i'm looking at my lamp right now i can be with this lamp and create intimacy with anything and and to me it it makes and we can do that with people i mean any object or any person or anything we see or and actually anything we could think of or imagine and that kind of knowing that anything 
can have that amount of depth. Um, it, It just, it, it brings such beauty and magic and wonder and mystery <laughs> you know to yeah, I, to yeah. the experiencing whatever it is to be a human and to have life or to be a part of that that life force that all things yeah, it's have interesting it's mm. very interesting that uh, you know you're talking about trees and you talked about stones and then you said uh, like a street sign you know, and it's interesting that, uh, like, of a lot of my um, any any like real thought that I try, uh, any sort of thing that I actually intentionally try to do um, when I'm doing these things is kind of, um, you know, trees have become objects because we've made them into objects. You know, mm. they do something for us, and we um, we. We we draw them and we have they have a sort of significance in our world and um, but, but without us they're merely like things you know not like a street sign which we make and which we we, we have, have it's a tool for us towards something so it's always an object but you can through things like this let's say if we would brought a street sign into the gallery and had you interact with it and do something that's the sort of thing you did you can make it back into a thing. You know, mm-hmm. which is kind of what happened with a chair or w- with what you were doing with the movements to this object which is something you sit on and you need to when you're going to eat and you're going to rest and you're going to and so all these things that are making it you can objectify and make it into um not something useful but something that you know when you see what it's for um all of a sudden through your um interaction with it um had no reason to be other than what you were doing with it so it was mm-hmm. in my way of thing things was kind of regressing or <laughs> transcending uh, back <laughs> into thinghood you know yeah <laughs> yeah i want to i want to kind of yeah. steer though a little bit i think as, as a bystander mm-hmm. um in watching both both uh both days, you know, one and 1.2. For me, it wasn't about the object at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to, I want to say, cause, cause you guys are having a really important conversation and it's, it's super meaningful, but what was, what I, I had difficulty processing the whole experience because the, the chair didn't mean anything to me. The wig didn't mean anything to me. I, I mean, I'm a person that doesn't care about objects. And um, the fan didn't mean anything to me. Um, sure, it was an interaction. But what what I had was like my brain was going off, um, sort of like glitching because of the sound. Because... <laughs> The memory, you know, you see a chair and you, you think you're, you're because of the living body and your sensory experiences, you have a certain expectation of what a chair is. I mean, we, we have to, we, we live in this less world of, you know, and less. So when Stevie was with that chair, the chair did not represent a chair. 
the sound did not represent a chair. The sound that came out, whatever you were doing or mixing or pulling from the field or um, altering pitch or tone or whatever it was, it, I was just like, what's happening? Because I was clued into the sound. I saw Stevie. I saw her movement, but I, it just, I couldn't put it together. And I told you, I said, I said to me, it was like a, it was like a film because right. it took me on another, I couldn't make sense of what I saw and what I heard. So I created my own, my own experience. I wouldn't say it's a narrative, but right. it, I created my own dreamscape, my own way to survive what I was living and, and feeling otherwise maybe I would have had a heart attack I don't know I mean it, it's not like it wasn't uh, meant to have a heart attack but but it was a for me it was like it was really hard to understand it not not in not in a way that was confusion or boring but the right. sound and the physicality and I think that was like yeah it had aspects of of like existentialism but like Stevie was saying, it was so interesting your conversation about the object and the ceremony or the communion of that. But but for me as the outsider, mm. it was it was beyond that. It was wow. way beyond that. There, there was yeah. no no need to reference those things. Those were just oh, amazing. Those were just uh, portals. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah, And I think what's kind of, and maybe that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. And Alec, you had a good word for it, which is transcending kind mm -hmm. of what the object itself yeah. is yeah. into that space where it could actually be anything. And that's yeah. irrelevant, you know, the actual object. And I think, you know, I, it's hard because I, I couldn't be objective and I couldn't, I wasn't concentrating or conscious of the sound exactly, you know, I could, it was all part of the same experience, but, you know, I imagine just hearing Victoria, you talking about it now of uh, it kind of, even in a way it could be symbolic of a transcendent experience, you know, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, so, so, so just to touch on the sound, I mean, mm. Stevie had the sensors on or they were on her, her ankles and her wrists and, and, you know, like she didn't know what sound was going to come out. Mm. Right. Nope. It, it was completely walking to a whole new atmosphere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't yeah. know. She didn't nope. know. She didn't so, know. so let's talk about that, like yeah. the sound part. So where that comes from, right? The the the, the mechanism is um, for this for this uh, performance is we're using modular um, electronics to kind of um, give out um, logic sequences and kind of en uh, route all the all her movements towards uh, as messages. Um, that would trigger sound. So I, what I can do is kind of narrow out the parameters and narrow out the possibilities as much as possible um, so that there is a, uh, 
there's a sort of um, a connection between the movements and the sound, but but really, I can only do that so much, and um, it would take an insane amount of memory that I don't have in order to say this is exactly what's going to happen and this is going to happen. And it's not that I don't have it; it's just the kind of memory that I don't want to have. <laughs> <laughs> um this kind of obtrusive memory in a way but the the, um, the the system was set up in a way that was routed to uh create some results that were i would say predictable but within the confines of uh of um something that like that i would want or we would want you know um other than that if it felt like uh that we were either going stale, I could move a knob, or if we felt like there was um, not much happening there, I could always like dig a little, dig or scratch the surface through the use of knobs and repatching things. But I try to do that in the minimum because, as I said, I'm trying to take this to the point where I'm not even needed to do that. Um, and uh, it's kind of a, a self sufficient uh, mechanism. But as um yeah, as you were asking, Victoria, it's kind of um that's as much as I could do, and this as much as uh every time that we would rehearse, and I'm just really say that like at the most relative way and with huge uh scare quotes on rehearse because <laughs> all we could all, all the rehearsals really worked for, in my opinion, was for um Stevie to get comfortable being in that realm. Mm. You could not rehearse um, anything that would be used later because it's just you could not predict that it was going to happen or not. Mm -hmm. you know? So it was more, in my opinion, something about like, okay, this is how this works and this is how what's going to happen in a way. Uh, this is what your movements might or might not do. But, um, and I'd bring it back to this, just get used to, to the failure of it you know and being fine with it mm -hmm. you know, which i think you did admirably um mm -hmm. and once you were comfortable and like not and kind of loosening your expectations and concentrating on your movements and um and then i think it became a lot we could really coax a lot more out of it you know and it became a lot more gestural and playful you know mm -hmm. and, uh, um so that's what was happening with the mechanism, with the, the modular uh, routing stuff that we were doing. Um, but I'm glad, you know, I think that's the great thing of having somebody here who wasn't in the, the, the who was the, the, the actual, um, looking at it from the third position, which was not actually doing anything and just being in the audience who can, um, you know, express it as you do, Victoria, because I'm really, really glad that you said that everything that uh, this conversation that I was having about objects and everything was beside the point. You know, I'm really glad um, that it kind of um, went a bit beyond those confines and those defined mm -hmm. things that I was trying to uh, to um, touch upon. Mm -hmm. um, because what you're describing is kind of the rupture in a way you know that the thing you're saying about mm -hmm. it um you're you're being overwhelmed and you're not and, and the whole heart it's like it, it, the good thing Glitching. is i don't felt 
yeah, glitching. glitching. <laughs> I, I didn't feel like it, it was um, disorienting. It was like a rupture without disorientation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It, I was like, how do I how do I survive this? What's going mm-hmm. on? What what am I seeing? What am I hearing? How does this make sense? Do I make sense of it? Do I just experience it? What's what's going on? Should I be scared? Should I be excited? Mm-hmm. Um, what is she doing? Does it matter? Just just be, mm-hmm. just exist, mm-hmm. and feel feel the energy of Stevie. Feel the electricity from from Carnage. Um, feel the room. What are the people? You know, it it was like it was a roller coaster ride. You didn't mm-hmm. know. You didn't know what yeah. was going to happen. You, you didn't know where you were going. You didn't, you know, I could have screamed any moment. I mean, both performances, I felt like I could have screamed. I could have, you know, gone crazy. Mm. Um, mm. But, you know, of course, I was very contained, but it had that, I had that, that sort of paranormal side mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. conjuring mm-hmm. spirits um even even in 1.2 it, mm-hmm. it had that element so um so yeah i mean it's it's a really fascinating place to be mm. that's great mm-hmm. that's wonderful yeah that um i mean i couldn't expect it that i mean a better result than that's wonderful. I, um, I mean, I'm not saying that's everybody's experience, but that uh, that kind of um, that opens up a trail, opens up a path. Um, at least for me, in towards um, the next, the next series, the next uh, installment of the series. You know, because mm. um, then I don't have to um, kind of belabor the point if it's already been established mm-hmm. yeah because yeah because i don't want to interrupt but i kept <laughs> asking myself what is surrealism what is this you know what is dada what 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 is this what are right. we doing where where you know i had to understand like what was that and what is this you know, it, mm-hmm. it was like, I felt like surrealism, they're creating films, they're creating imagery um, to predict what it, may, what it might be like in the exposure of the realm that you and Stevie created. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You guys actually created that realm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 what I was like asking myself. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to. Um, I mean, after the fact, I guess it's not as hard. But the, after the fact, I guess you can do make draw parallels between stuff, things in history, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and as much as they're useful to anybody who, especially if you weren't there, you haven't. <laughs> but um i didn't um i i don't think there's any conscious um 
hard on any of us to kind of uh, touch upon those things. Um, like, um, you know, I, I do I see what you mean. I do see like this kind of Kurt Schwitter's um, sort of like Metz poetry thing on, on the first Justura. Um, and uh, they're, they're uh, like futurist uh, uh, obsession with like recorded sound and, and noise and clank and stuff like that. But um, but but that but that was an experiment, right? Right. That was a play. Right. That was a performance. Right. This, the the, the this, early ones, yeah. Yeah, this is something else. Exactly. Exactly. This, this is like this is purposely none of those things. Yeah, I wanted it's, it's to wanted to sidestep that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to sidestep that, and um, and that's why I'm I'm trying to um, now focus on ways of of doing it more interactive in a way that is um i find it sometimes that interactive installations do either one or two things which is they are like uh, rides you know um you go in and you experience um which is fine um but it's just been done like i'm going to go and take this ride and i'm going to go participate in this or the other one is you can be an artist too, you know, and you can come and make art with us, which I've always found a bit condescending, as if the apex of, of uh, <laughs> existence is to be an artist. So you can come and be just like us and, you know, ascend to uh, to this realm of artistry by making art and interacting with this. So these are two things that I have to, I know I don't, I don't want to touch upon. I, I have to kind of excise, um, and it's extremely hard. And I mean, I'm sure everybody else who's done installations is trying to do that as well. It's just not. I'm not saying that this is something that people think when they make these interactive installations. Like, oh, I'm an artist, and it's great to be an artist. I'm just saying it. It's very, very hard to do, and I probably won't succeed for just year or two. But, but I'm just um, putting it out there so people have faith that this is what I'm <laughs> that I'm doing this sincerely. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to 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 do something interactive in mm-hmm. a way where um, well, that's where the, where the erasure of myself, the impulse comes from. You know, maybe if like I come up with a mechanism where I can erase myself the most, and I can other people can inhabit that space. Mm-hmm. You know? um, well, yeah. Well, when you talk about like when you talk about non-authorship, I I, mm-hmm. I I was trying to understand that. I mean, I was definitely sympathetic and empathetic to the concept of non-authorship, but mm-hmm. now I actually experienced it. Mm-hmm. There was no authorship in that. Mm-hmm. Good. So now I now I really get it. It'll right. be interesting as you move forward in your collaborations. Mm-hmm. It'll be yeah. interesting. It'll be. Uh, I th- I think so too. Um, I'm mm-hmm. like. The thing is this, things happen that are very exciting and that I'm very, um, you know, moved by and, uh, and you know, feel, feel you, but it doesn't make you any less <laughs> apprehensive and, uh, and afraid about what, about the next one, which is good because, mm-hmm. because you haven't rehearsed anything and you haven't, and you've, you've absorbed things, but it's not like you've intellectually learned um, that much, especially if you're doing a series and you want it to change and you want it to, um mm-hmm. 
um, I don't want to say not evolve, but you know, you wanted to uh, to bring something new in every iteration of it. You know. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. We. I mean. I mean that. You know. Honestly, that was my question. Like, aren't you scared? <laughs> aren't both of you scared? But that's good. You know, we're yeah. we're setting the audience to know that this is not a perfected rehearse experience you know hey come on the third thursday of every month if you want to join this exploration right come mm -hmm. like yeah. spend the time to see what happens mm -hmm. yeah it's um yeah that the, the the non-authorship side that the it um that that to me is the hardest part to kind of I think we're 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 especially in the in the in the in the, in the midst of like a gallery setting mm -hmm. the it's all it, it's not like it's a, something that hasn't been touched upon it has for 50 60 years but the reason it has is because I think in a gallery setting, in a, in in a sort of um, uh, the mindset of people wanting to go and experience the art moment, um, the that the, the position of the author is like very portentous. It's like carries huge weight, and so um, much more I think than a. A lot of, I mean, maybe not as much as like a, a book reading or something like that, which where an actual author is there. But you know, the 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 that the creator maker um, the weight of that figure is um, is huge when you when you're walking into kind of a, a, a artistic setting or or a gallery, you know. Mm -hmm. um, because you can erase, I mean, with, with music, you can erase the author pretty quick if you're listening to something on your headphones and you're just walking around and you're, you're, you're you know, it's not visually there. It's not, you're not, when you're listening to things, unless you're an obsessive musician, you're not looking at the drummer in your mind's eye and, and the musician's playing and interacting in a room, you know? Um, I mean, I don't, but um, I'm, I'm Maybe people do, but I don't, you know, with, with art, it's always, you're always conscious. It's like a hand shaped this or did this, or there's something here, you know, there is a, there's a, there's a mind that, uh, that's pewed this forth in a way. So I just, um, I'm, I'm going to continue trying to find, figure ways of how to do that, but not it being a, uh, kind of an empirical way. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i wanted yeah. to be um i wanted to it to be kind of one of the things happening in each of the series you know um mm -hmm. so just for it not to become an obsession either mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah well well great this is a yeah. this has been a fascinating conversation for sure yeah, um great. and um I'm so excited. I take a big, big, uh, deep breath there. I'm so excited because <laughs> it's, it's there's so much to contemplate. It's such a fascinating. It really is such a fascinating and 
interesting conversation. I, I, um, I look forward to, because you, you bring up, both of you bring up so many interesting concepts that people never talk about um, within the creative world. You know, people mm -hmm. just don't, don't talk about, I, as far as I know, I mean, of course they do, but, but it's such an enlightening conversation that has so many layers. And I really look forward to um, talking to you both again after, after the next one. Is there mm -hmm. anything you, you'd like to say about the upcoming? I mean, it'd be very, um, they might change. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to, um, I do want to work with, li with, uh, with live um, sources instead of recorded ones for the next one. I know that much. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, I also want um, people who ever wants to participate to be part of those live sources. Mm -hmm. And there's a text that uh, I might use that I think is dear to the space and to the and to our history as a as a people who we've, who've known each other for only a few months. But you know, I always try to use things um, that are kind of innate to the situation instead of bringing uh, you know outside. Uh, Mm -hmm. either either performers or either um elements or or, or objects or it's, to me it's not only it's already imbued with some significance mm -hmm. and it's at the same time it's limiting mm -hmm. um so it limits it it, it 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 gives you those great limitations that make it easier to to um brush up to and, and push up against <laughs> you know mm -hmm. so there's a text that that uh, I was thinking of using for that that uh, mm -hmm. that I've read recently, and um, and now it's just about how to um, form it in a visual manner inside the space, mm -hmm. you know, how it's visually going to work. So um, it's a welcoming place where people will want to participate and, and become a source for it. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but it's also obviously as as the name implies it's also going to be uh gestural very gestural they're all they all will be great great thank well you. thank thank you so much both of thank you thank you that was great yeah, yeah. You. thank you alec and victoria yeah thank you victoria the next event date for carnage gestura is Thursday, March 30th at 7 p.m. located at El Nido by VC Projects. The address is 1028 Northwestern Avenue, Los Angeles 90029.